When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? I'm hungry. Well, that's good. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. I am kind of hungry too. That's crazy, bro. You want me to be hungry? I got, I got, I tell you what, I'm giving the side eye over that new Taco Bell at the bottom. I went of the to hill. it yesterday and it was amazing. Salute you for the inspiration. Yeah, I went on Friday after the show. I sent Motesy a picture from the drive through. By the time I realized I should have sent you a picture back, I had already devoured my tacos. <laughs> So I apologize, but I did think about you yesterday. You never know when you go to like a new restaurant or a new fast food place for the first time, like right when they open. Mm-hmm. I, it's hit or miss usually. Because it's it's either they've got the A-team in there and, and they're ready to go, or they've got everybody in there who's like just figuring out what they're doing and mm-hmm. it's not as great. Uh, yeah, that was whew, one of the best quesadillas that I've had in a long time. Had some good, uh, I tell you what, press box food out there in L.A. Let's go. Max Starks hyped it up for me the whole year. He's like, yeah, I know, Atlanta's great. Atlanta's fantastic. You've been to Atlanta. I get it, but just wait for L.A. And uh, he was not wrong. He was not wrong. Uh, full breakfast spread when we got there, and then full, it was almost like walking through the line at Chipotle or Moe's or whatever by yourself. Just make your own bowls and burritos. They had beef chimichangas you there. big time, man. They broke out the full spread had, because it's you. They had homemade taquitos there. They said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, him is here. They said, who's Huge him? Huge candy bar. The Wesley Eula. Got me some uh, Sour Patch Kids and some M&Ms for the plane ride home. <laughs> like a boss. And then we had catered in and out waiting for us before we got on the plane. Like a boss. Bless them. It's the, see, this is the America that our forefathers dreamed about. And see, everybody be talking about, oh, Wes is a regular guy. I'm like, no, Wes is not. Wes is big time. I told y'all, ladies and gentlemen, Wes don't just sit with the regular poke. Wes is a big timer that sit with all the big time people, man. No, I'm just every, I'm just every man, Wes, you know? Mm-hmm. You get recognized. I'm did, like, did, uh, all right, all right, did you get recognized this weekend? Yes or no? Did you get re- if you did you get recognized? Yes or no? Yes or no. Just, we don't need no no context. It's just yes or no. Did you get recognized? Like, can you get a can you get a Bible nope, Bible nope, in here? I nope. swear to tell the whole truth. Mm-mm. Nope. I just want a yes. The truth. The whole or truth. No. Nothing but the truth. So I swear. Your stalling is already letting me you know the answer. You can't handle the truth. Your stalling is letting me know the answer already. The answer's yes. Because you're big time. We all can't be like you. We just strive to be like you, but we can't be like you. <laughs> It was it was a great weekend. I did tell Motsi as well too. We we uh on Saturday right by our hotel was the uh the the brewery that Stone Cold Steve Austin runs and owns Can there. Can I get a 
What? What? I know you were thinking something else. What? Um, and so they told me in, in 2019 when the Steelers were last in L.A. that a couple of them went there because uh, apparently I didn't get any food when I was there. I did end up going there. Uh, but apparently the food there is really good, too. So mm. a lot of people were talking it up. Good beers, good food right by our hotel and everything. Uh, nice little area of Southern California of L.A. there in El Segundo. El Segundo. And um, I was told in 2019 a few people from the Steelers went there, and Stone Cold Steve Austin was in there. And there's not many people in the world who could starstruck me, like, really to my core. He moves my he needle. He would be one. He moves my needle. I wouldn't know what to say if, I I, would if, probably, if, if, if the Texas rattlesnake was in the same room as me. I'm so lame. I would play the... the I would be that guy. Like, you just walk in, just just real quick, just walk in I, real quick. I just need to walk in. I have told yeah. you this story before and how it always stuck with me when I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I'm in Aspen, Colorado with my dad. He's playing a music festival there. And we walk into a store and Arnold Schwarzenegger's in there. And my dad made me leave Arnold Schwarzenegger alone. He wouldn't let me go, you know, go say hello to yeah. him or anything because he's like, he's a regular guy too. He's just out running errands. Leave him alone. And that's kind of always stuck with me. Like, I don't like to bother people, but... Might have had to ask Stone Cold for a picture. He wasn't there, though, unfortunately. I didn't get stunnered. I just wanted to get stunnered. Um, but it was a really cool spot if you're if you're ever in that area and you're looking for, for something, something. <laughs> little, little food, little, little soda pop. Got a little soda pops. You know got, got a little soda pop. So, yeah, we had some great food. We had fun at the Steelers, uh, Steelers Road Warriors uh, party there as well, too. Great weather, as you always get in California. It was about 74 degrees and sunny the entire time. Just fantastic. And, of course, the most important thing, coming back with a big old W. And, Motsi, uh, one part of that, one thing that I love to see, too, uh, before we go to break here, was the run game coming yes. alive. Heard a lot about, yes. heard a lot about how you know, big only, time needed that, only man. one of two teams in the NFL who didn't have a rushing touchdown. Well, you got three. One from the quarterback and from both your running backs. Mm-hmm. That's something to continue to build on as we roll along here. No, without a doubt, man. And like I said, it wasn't perfect, but I thought that um, situationally they did what they needed to do. Um, physical, running with Najee. Still was a little bit lateral at times, but physical for the majority. And I thought Jalen Warren continues to show that he can handle the load of Running him inside the tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, he averaged, I think it was, what, 5.3 per carry? That sounds right. And we still didn't even give him a ton of carries. So it's like you could see the speed, the burst, along with what he could do in the passing game. So, yeah, I thought that the running game, though, looked good with those two dudes in terms of how they did it. But more importantly, it was the intent. They didn't run away from it. Yes. Now, obviously, Kenny was a part of some of that, man, with you know him having to scramble. But I thought just as a whole, we didn't really abandon it. Could we have done it more? Yes. But as a whole, we did it enough to keep them honest. And we've seen that before in the past where, listen, you were down six at halftime. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was 16. It's not like it was some surmountable, insurmountable deficit. It was a surmountable deficit. Um, and I, I, I like that, too. I like how they stuck to their game plan. I like how they stuck to their guns. They didn't panic. You know, we're down six at halftime and the other team's getting the ball. I mean, you get a big play from your defense. All of a sudden, you get that rushing touchdown. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to assert our will. And you had the big plays from Jalen. You had the big plays from Najee. Uh, I loved seeing all that come together. I think that was a big part. of it, it, It's nice. You know, we always talk about how these things are copacetic, um, how everything on a football field is part of that ecosystem that affects your entire team. There's the yin and the yang and the push and the pull to everything that you do. You get Deontay Johnson back. 
you get to run in the football a little bit more. There's the what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Right, right seriously. Like, what helped the run game? Was it having Deontay back there? And the, what happened uh, helped the pass game? Was it right. the run game? Seriously. Game? It's a little bit of both. Um, and that's, I think, a, a thing to be encouraged about, certainly, is this is the offense now. I mean, Pat Fryermuth's still out. He's a big absence, certainly. Um, but this is the offense now you know, that we've kind of been waiting to see. You, you haven't seen any of Deontay, really. You've been banged up on the offensive line. With him healthy, with that offensive line playing like they did yesterday, that's what they can be. They can they can open it up on the run game. They can air it out in the pass game. They can let those things play off each other and become, like we saw, you know, particularly in that fourth quarter, really tough to defend. 11 first downs in that fourth quarter, Motsi. See, you mean time we can move the ball? And 11 sustain? first downs in the fir- fourth quarter. It's beautiful, man. That's pretty, like, almost almost once a minute. Okay. They're averaging a first down. Okay. Pretty, pretty Improvement. Good. Progress. Something to hang your hat on. Something to continue building upon. Don't rush the process. That's right. Just stick to it, man. Stick to it. It will produce what we're looking for. We're seeing it. It's happening more and more in stadium. And obviously, we always going to want more. I mean, people in life always want more, right? You can have a million dollars. You're going to want two. You know that. That's how it is. Ten pairs of shoes. You want 20. Come on, man. Everybody wants more. It's just human nature. So with that being the case, of course, you're going to always desire more production from this offense. You're going to desire for them to start fast. You're going to desire for them to score 100 points. You're going to desire for Kennedy to look like this, the running game to look like that. We get all of that. And you're within your right to yeah. feel like that. It's called being a fan. Absolutely. But as long as the professionals are winning and taking care of business, at least we could all come to that common ground. That's right. There. So, yeah. And we all, again, we all acknowledge it as they would, too. They got room to get better. But you, uh, you want to be stacking those W's while you're while you're still perfecting your craft, and and maybe we started to see some of that coming together uh, for the Steelers' offense there in Los Angeles yesterday. Uh, we will catch up with our buddy Chris Carter on the other side. We got to talk to the, the uh, on a day like today. We've got to talk to the pastor of the Church of Kenny. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about a lot of things with CC. But yes, fourth quarter Kenny will certainly be on the docket. Hashtag Kenny Bless. Chris Carter on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Big victory for the Steelers in the City of Angels in sunny Southern California yesterday. Joining us now to break down all things on uh, that victory is our uh, partner, our friend. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. He's one-third of the Migos. Mama! Mr. Christopher Carter, of course, the Locked On Steelers podcast, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, a regular here on SNR. Now, what's very important today, Chris, I got to dim this music down a little bit here so we can get to business, all right, is you are also on your long list of of accolades and job titles. and You are also, I mean, you have time to be a pastor as well, too, of of course, of the Church of Kenny every single Sunday. Glory. uh, Sometimes on Thursdays and Mondays as well, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's get right into it with what, you know, the thing that we kind of want to talk with you about about most. It's, It's been an incredible balance, hasn't it, where 
Um, you know, Kenny Pickett looks like me through the first three quarters, like a C student, and then he looks like you, the valedictorian, <laughs> all of a sudden in the fourth in the fourth quarter here, right? Um, where are you at? Because again, it's 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 a little bit of a roller coaster watching it week by week, but particularly what we saw on Sunday, so many struggles in the first half, and then much better in the second half, particularly in that fourth quarter. Chris, I mean, they couldn't buy a first down in the first half. They had four, or they had eleven in the fourth quarter alone um give us your your thoughts your kind of heat check here on uh, on what we've seen from Kenny in that in those regards right but particularly this this past performance yesterday first of all as the pastor in the church of Kenny Pickett I must say Kenny bless Kenny, Kenny bless, bless Kenny bless hey now Kenny bless now, first of all, I will... <laughs> see you come from a different church <laughs> I was serious. I was like, bro, what church you coming from, man? That ain't the church I go to. <laughs> Jeez, you need some seasoning in your church, man. <laughs> One minute right here, guys. <laughs> but let's get serious for a minute right here. I, I think one thing that you're seeing is a factor that Mike Tomlin talked about with Ben Roethlisberger and, and when he did the Pivot podcast this past this past uh, uh, offseason. He talked about how when the game was on the line, Ben Roethlisberger, he may have struggled in that game, but he will be the same person he is when the game's close and tight and it's down to the wire while other guys are being frantic and making mistakes. And it's clear Kenny Pickett has that part in his game. Doesn't mean he has the complete it factor all the way, but it does mean that when the game's on the line, you don't see him panicking, you don't see him trying for desperate things he's just focused on his job and that to me is a big mark of a guy that you can win with and now i believe he has six game winning drives and five fourth quarter comebacks in 18 starts it's crazy that's, no, without that's a, doubt. a crazy ratio and <laughs> that's and look things can be better earlier on but and things need to be cleaned up but this is an offense that's been looking for things that can be successful consistently. And I think with the return of Deontay Johnson, we saw a little bit of the balance that this offense needs to find its way, come back. And there, I think there are some real building blocks, bigger building blocks than we've seen all season that could lend itself to more success down the line. No, I agree with uh, everything you just said right there. Um, my question would be, though, what do you attribute the slow starts to in terms of, you know, Kenny Pickett, because we are seeing the sample size of him in these second halves and games, both in the short term and in the long term. And we've seen, yeah, he gets hot. He produces. He gives you everything you need at that part of the game. But we still see some of these slow starts. What do you think that's from? I, I think part of it is from the, uh, you know, the, just the lack of rhythm in the offense a lot of times and them just missing opportunities. Again, I go back over the film. And it's not like, you know, I know a lot of people are going to, you know, say Matt Canada this, Matt Canada that. But th these are opportunities that are schemed into the Steelers' offense that Kenny Pickett has to take advantage of more consistently. But the fact that he did that consistently in the se in the second half, I think that shows that he's he's able to get there at some point. Um, let's, let, let's also let's account for this, too. In the second half, the Steelers got the ball five times. Three of those times were touchdowns. One of those times was a punt. And the other time the Steelers closed out the uh, the game, mm -hmm. which that's a winning drive, not a scoring drive, but that's a winning drive. And if I look at that and I see that the Steelers are able to to, to possess the ball that way for four quarters and not necessarily score three times in, in, a, in a half all the time, 
but possess the football, expand their drives, you know, get more, you know, maybe get some more field goals instead of punts and three and outs in the first half. And you make that, you know, a 27 point game with less opportunities for the Rams to find their rhythm on offense. This team's become so much more dangerous because like I, I look back and I said this at the end at going, you know, at the end of the first half in this game on Twitter, you know, I talked about, Hey, like the defensive game plan is working. Yes. They gave up that touchdown at the end, but that was that, that came after like six or seven drives in a half because the Steelers offense kept kept giving them the ball back. And it was kind of a busted play where Stafford just rolled out and just mm-hmm. said, forget it, man. I'm just going to somebody down there. And Levi Wallace lost his guy at the, on the, at the end of the play. Um, if if the, the Steelers defensive scheme, and I said, I said this, I've said this on the final word. I've said this on lockdown Steelers, but the Steelers defensive scheme, I thought, was a brilliant counter to what Sean McVay did. But he tried to he tried to get the ball out quick with Matt Stafford, and if Matt Stafford was holding on to the ball, he tried to max protect in efforts to neutralize what Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt bring to the table as edge rushers. And in doing that, that's the exact same plan the Texans brought to the, with their offense: get the ball out quick or max protect to make sure that those guys don't wreck. C.J. Stroud, but this time the Steelers had a better counter for it. The linebacker, the interior defensive lineman, and the secondary were better prepared to handle that situation and win different matchups. That that's really good scheme and coaching by the Steelers. That's really good, um, you know, setting up and good execution by their defensive players. This is a team that's finding different ways to win, and I think that's the that's the most encouraging thing you can take away from this this game. Chris Carter with us here on the Blitz. Uh, C.C. sticking with that defense. Man, I tell you what, I know he's got to get his pass rush win rate up, right, if he really wants to be an all-timer. But, my goodness, T.J. Watt, it's just week in and week out. (laughs) Well, what happened? Well, you know, guys, listen, your pass rush win rate, it's the most valuable metric that you can find to judge how often a player is. It's, It's... I still am surprised by it every week, week in and week out, but I shouldn't be. It is amazing how I can't remember, and I'm sure if we all took 15 seconds here or 30 seconds, Aaron Donald's probably the answer. The last time a defensive player consistently impacted his team's winning effort week in and week out, right? Four wins on the season, three of those you can directly point to to moments and plays made by T.J. Watt as paramount in securing victory. Chris, if he can get his pass rush win rate up, I mean, we're talking about an all-time kind of player here. I mean, here's the thing about T.J. Watt. Clearly, they were trying to scheme him out of the game, not allowing him to get around. They were also getting a lot of holds. Like, I, I know that, you know, people can say, oh, well, he's holding on every play. I mean, they were just straight-up arm tackling him by the neck, and there was not <laughs> a single call being made, and it was just like that That was aggressive. Like, they, they, they should have they, – they, the officials needed to do a better job. Him and Alex Highsmith. We're just being mugged and nothing was being done about it. So what does TJ want to do? He says, all right, I'm going to back off. And something that I talked about with Doug Eckstein, who does the, uh, the Locked On Rams podcast, and I asked him about Max Stafford. He said the biggest problem with Max Stafford is that sometimes he locks on the Cooper Cup way too much and it, it, it does for ill. And in that situation, TJ Watt backed off right into the zone where Cooper Cup was, was up against Cole Holcomb and just reading the eyes of Max Stafford – Knew he was going that way, jumped the pass perfectly, and that was a game-changing moment that flipped the favor back in the, in the flipped the momentum back in the favor of the Steelers. Uh, and that to me is the fact that he can do so many different things like that. He's not just physically dominant up front as an edge rusher. He's going to outsmart you. He's going to figure out all these different ways that his mismatches can kill you as an opponent. 
it's it's just consistent at this point. I think you know, I think seven seasons, uh, he'd be him and Lawrence Taylor, the only guys with what seventy sacks and seven interceptions or something like that. They're, they're on, he's on in a hall, a hall of fame pace. Like he, again, we're comparing him to Lawrence Taylor, the guy <laughs> that so many people say might be the the best defensive player of all time in the history of the NFL. Like this, that 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 dude is an unstoppable force of nature. And even when you find a way to stop him, he'll find a way to stop you. And that's what he did in this last game. That he was schemed out by McVay and, and a very smart scheme, very similar to how the Steelers were scheming out Aaron Donald. They made Aaron Donald, you know, not, not matter as much. But the thing about T.J. Watt is that you take away one thing, he'll do another, and it just continues to be a factor in what is, what is already a Hall of Fame career for him. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But – Enough about TJ. TJ gets talked about enough. Everybody loves TJ. We know TJ is the greatest person ever. He's only visiting from a planet called Pass Rush. I do this. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I would like to talk about the young whippersnapper, young Joey Porter Jr. out there making some hay, making some headlines and stuff. Man, what were your thoughts on his play yesterday? The, I, mean, I was very encouraged by Joey Porter Jr. I know a lot of people saw the ones that, you know, a couple times he didn't make the tackle. And they're like, oh, man, where's the tackling? But I'm like, listen, guys, he was drafted to be a cornerback and to cover. And when he was covering, he was covering. And he was, mm-hmm. he was on his guys. His men were trying, you know, and Puka Nakua, you could even see the mutual respect at the end of the game where Puka Nakua was like, dude, you were bringing it. And Joey's like, you were bringing it. And, the, and that, to, that, that to me is always cool to see from, from NFL players and, and rookies, especially, too, when you see that. And then being able to say like, "Hey, like this was pretty special what we both were putting out there today." But I, I, I like how Joey Porter Jr. He's not like you know one big the biggest thing everyone pointed the point is his lack of interceptions in college. I thought the biggest thing I pointed out was man sometimes he gets a little too hands and he has to learn when to be handsy because you do need to be able to use your hands in smart ways in football because if you don't you're going to get pushed up pushed off on and you're going to give up big opportunities. But in this game you saw so many times where they tried to push all of them and it didn't work. And he was he was just finding a way to to get stops. He was on the field for 31 uh, coverage snaps in, in this game. Uh, and when you look when you look back at how all of this all this played out, he was targeted three times, allowed zero receptions, and had a breakup on the on, Let's on go. That, that that's that's elite. You know, as far as far as you're you're playing that much, you were you were on the field. You were t- targeted 10 percent of the time that you were on the field, and every time that you were targeted, you did not allow a reception. That's that's elite play on his part. He did a great job in this game. And again, still, it's not it's not a huge sample size. But to me, that was one of the thing, biggest things I was concerned about for the Steelers. Is man, this is a heck of a week. If Joey Porter Jr. is going to get a full start uh, and, and play a lot more in this game, he's going up against Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, and Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. I'm like, man, this is a heck of a week to get that challenge. But he stood tall up to that challenge and made some really big plays. Even when he wasn't being targeted, it was because. He was solid and covered. Joey Porter Jr., he looks like a real one out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Much needed as well, too. Uh, Chris, last one I've got for you. Uh, real quick, just wanted to spin the block back to the other side. Uh, big part of that win yesterday, I think, was a a much improved Steelers offensive line, the run game that was mm-hmm. able to get churning behind it. I tell you what, that's really something. You know, Motes and I were talking about this in the first hour of the show. Um, that's something if they can continue to build on, then 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 you could really look out. All of a sudden, this offense could be tough to defend. If that offensive line is able to get a strong push consistently, like it did in the second half, 
teams are in a lot of trouble because you saw space for Najee Harris, space for Jalen Warren, and, and they, they, were, they, they adjusted. And this goes, goes again to coaching. You know, I talked to the coaching and the defensive side of the ball. The Rams were bringing some very interesting pass, pass rush looks. They were bringing blitz looks that when I was looking at, uh, I looked at some other games of their defense, they, they hadn't used some of those calls all season. And they were doing bringing in new things to try to confuse Kenny Pickett, and they were. In the second half, when they tried to use them again, the Steelers adjusted and took them away. That's good coaching. That's good in-game adjustments. And, and those are the things that need to be talked about more when people want to come at the coaching for everything under the sun when the Steelers don't win or they don't win the way that you want them to win. But this offensive line took that coaching and applied it. And i got to say, I was one of the biggest critics in this, coming into this game about not letting Broderick Jones start because I thought he did really well against the Ravens and he's your future left tackle. You pick you draft, trade up to draft him in the first or first round, all these other things. And I was just like, why, why are you not just letting him start? Dan Moore Jr. balled out. That guy was out there. He was pushing people. He was moving people. They were even pulling Dan Moore Jr. to fly up in the A-gap on traps, and he was picking up linebackers at the second level. This was the best I've seen the Steelers' offensive line. Similarly to how last year the Steelers' offensive line got it together after the bye week. Mm. And this year, they're getting it. They got it together after the bye week again. Maybe this, this team just needs time to come together with all the new pieces and the chemistry they're trying to build for the long term. But, man, if this was just the first step after the bye week and they keep taking steps forward and not as many steps backwards, this team is going to be very tough to beat. If that defense is still able to hold NFL offenses to around 20 points or less and this offense is getting better, Guys, this is a playoff team, and this is a playoff team that I think every, and I mean every team in the AFC needs to be worried about. I am liking what you're saying. Chetch. Bringing the good stuff every Chetch. single I got to get a little more seasoning at my church, apparently. Yeah, my man said, oh, you started seeing them no, hymns, no, boy. No, 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 no. That's the Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, you, when he's like in the monastery. Oh, exactly, the monastery, right? right the, 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 you, you see how you say he was in the monastery? See, Do it look like yeah, me or Chris going to be in the monastery? monastery. Come on, bro. I was, I was like, what we talking about here, like man? Kirk Franklin. Right. Like, you instantly said monastery, bro. You over here, oh, Father, Father, no, I'm not a party, the party. Bro, what are we talking about here, man? Nothing about that sounds like fun. Nothing about that sounds like we turning up. Did you hear us say, Chet? Do it sound like you say, Chet? When they're like, oh, no. We play Kirk Franklin in the house of Kenny Pickett. We, we go clap our hands and stomp our feet in the church of Kenny Pickett, all right? Dying. My, face, been, my face hurts from laughing too hard. Oh, like, bro, what? Always, always bringing the good stuff. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Locked on Steelers, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, WPXI, regular here on Mama. SNR. And, of course, one-third of the Migos. Chris, Carter, CC, thanks as always for the time, cousin. Great stuff. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, fellas. There he is. Ken- Kenny Black. Kenny <laughs> <laughs> that son of a gun, I tell you what. I tell you what. All right, we got to go to break. We close with your reaction on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
without fail, it happens every single time. All right. I want you all, our loyal listeners, the Power Grid, the Megawatts. I'm going to get to your reaction here on Twitter in just a second. I want you all to note the time and day of this. Monday, October 23rd, year of our Lord, 2023. No. At 1.42 in the afternoon. Every time we have a show where Arthur Motes accuses me of being a big timer, he gets nabbed to go do Steelers TV stuff and has to, has to miss the last segment of the show. It's incredible. I love it. Throughout the history of this, I mean, this happens all the time. It's hilarious. And then I get to have the last laugh and, you know, tell him who really is the big timer. How about that? So you just got me for this final segment, but that's fine because we have plenty of tweets to get through. And since we missed you guys on Friday, I will roll through all of these here now uh, in our final segment. Yeah, again, issues uh, all across Twitter with notifications on Friday. Because of that, we only got nine or ten of of your prediction tweets where we usually get many more. A couple of you tweeting, you know, that that we missed it and things like that. We apologize. We know you guys really enjoy that. We do, too. Motsi and I said to ourselves before we went to our last break on Friday, like I said earlier, it was weird. Because, hey, I mean, I remember the days of doing this show where we would get one or two tweets. So getting nine or ten score predictions from you guys was still nice, but we normally get a couple dozen. Uh, at least on game days. So, or on, you know, I should say the Friday shows before game days. So, apologies for that. But like I said, blame Elon Musk, not me. I mean, I don't control X, I don't control Twitter, but I will do my best to repent, to show penance today and, uh, and get to your guys' questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. So, Andy Reid, one time for me, real quick. Time's yours. Thank you, Big Red. Wallace tweets and says, Question Was it a ref mistake to call dead ball taunting foul? Uh, that offset a live ball pass interference call. I think it should have been first and 25 to go at the spot of the play or the pass interference. Wallace, I thought the same thing at the time. I'm not sure what the rule is on that. I don't know if Motsi would have known or not. Maybe we'll have to revisit that uh, on the next show on Wednesday because um, no show rem- under tomorrow, no show Mike Tomlin press conference uh, airing at that time. I thought it should have been a first down and then what you said, reset to first and 25 since one was a dead ball call that didn't affect the play. But I'll have to look into that more. But in the time, you know, sitting there in the in the booth in L.A., I thought the same thing. I was surprised by that. Got to uh, check up on that rule. In fact, you know what? I bet you to plug one of our other programs here. Uh, we've told you about Asked and Answered before with Bob Labriola. Of course, he writes the article Labs does for Steelers.com. Our guy Tom Ottferman co-hosts the Asked and Answered podcast with him as well, too. I got a feeling that might be one of the questions that they'll get this week. So maybe uh, I won't even have to do much digging. Maybe I can just steal Labs' work and not credit my sources. Big Ron tweets and says, loved the win yesterday. But what will it take to get the tight ends more involved in the offense? Also, we've got a Permani Brothers opening up in my town. What would you recommend? Uh, pastrami is my number one go-to from Permani's. The pastrami is, ooh, chef's kiss. Like Cats in New York City is the only place where I like the pastrami more. The Capicola is amazing as well, too. That would probably be my, you know, every once in a while you got to switch it up. I can't get the same thing all the time. I can get the same thing like 90% of the time, but I can't get the same thing all the time. Every once in a while I do go Capicola. The Pittsburgher's pretty good, too. Uh, the Raging Cajun's pretty good, too. If you got any plain Janes, either yourself or in your family, my wife really likes just the turkey uh, sandwich with all the Permanis fixings on it and the big Italian bread as well, too. Um, corned beef is good. I mean, whatever you like, honestly. But pastrami is for sure my number one. Capicola, number two. Uh, tight ends more involved. Yeah, listen, middle of the field something we've been talking about. 
Uh, it's a little bit harder without Pat Fryermuth, but I think Connor Hayward is certainly capable of making plays. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit more of uh, of Mount Washington, but I I agree. You know, we talked about the run game coming together a little bit this week and what Deontay means and the trickle down effect that he has on the rest of this offense. You get this, you start getting the tight ends working in there too. All of a sudden, you're you're cooking with gas. So I'm with you, Big Ron. Something to keep an eye on as we roll forward here for sure. Uh, for sure. And you know, who knows? It does, we we don't know what's going on with Pat Fryermuth in terms of length here, but it certainly sounds like uh, it could be at least another week or so before they get him back. Um, Sensei tweets and says, "Always love a win. Got to say that first. Uh, I got to say that first down looks really questionable, though. That being said, defense doing a great job in the second half." Um, going to start calling number eight, Kenny Clutch. Yeah, uh, listen, they struggled in the first half mightily on third downs, 0 for 5, right? And a big part of that was because they were consistently in third and long distances. That is football 101. I mean, it's tackling, it's blocking, and it's staying ahead of the sticks, right? Or if you're the defensive side of the football, keeping them in down and distance. Um, That's, that's one of the things that are, is part of the evolution of this offense that you're still looking to. You're starting to see them grow in other areas. I would like to see that first down success uh, be one of those areas that they start improving here in the upcoming three-game homestand because that will make life much easier on them. Obviously, again, everybody who knows football watches that, uh, knows that on third down. Steeler Rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire. Jay says, if we played that game in uh, the beginning of last year, we would have lost... I completely agree with that. This team, their mental makeup, I think, is is much more stout since then as well, too. Jay also adds, now we got tweets mocking Matt Canada's reaction in the press box. The dude can't win. Need to see the slow starts go by the wayside, a lot of which is execution. Their execution in the second half was awesome. Yeah. Listen, we know the areas this offense still, right, the, the run game has to do it consistently. You got to continue to hit those shots now consistently with Deontay and GP as well, too. A little more over the field with your tight ends over the middle of the field and yeah you you can't you know you, you got to you got to have a little more consistency in your starts i'm not saying you got to come out and you got to score a touchdown on your opening drive every single time but you, you got to put up some points in the first quarter 7 3 10 in the first half if they can start getting to double digits consistently 10 13 14 points at halftime I mean, they're going to be in good shape from what we know this defense can do, from what we've seen the offense capable of, of being in fourth quarters. They can stay, Again, part of the, the evolution of this offense, but those are some of the next steps where you would really start to feel good about this thing. Steeler Nation 920, Tyler in Wisconsin says victory! Victory! Oh, I got to apologize. I had the level way cra- If you're listening on a podcast or, or, or your headphones, I'm sorry, I probably just blew out your eardrums. It's a little bit better. Game ball to the offensive linemen. They were moving people and kept Aaron Donald guessing. How much stuff do you think PZ is giving JPJ about those missed tackles? Oh, I'm sure the I would love to uh, to be able to hear the conversations between between Big PZ and, and JPJ and, and the things that they talk. Uh, I'm sure those are fantastic because they're they're both extreme competitors and and you know I'm sure they've been like that since since JPJ was a little kid and started playing football. Uh, carrying the Porter name comes with great responsibility. Um, but he shut down man to man. Who ride? Who ride? Yeah, listen, that's this secondary again. Even for how good the defense has been and and and, and been massive for this team and and really um, sparked them to victory a lot of times. 
they've got stuff that they need to improve upon as well, too. They're far from a perfect product. And one of that thing is tackling, I think, particularly on the perimeter, not just JPJ, uh, Pat Pete, Levi. Really, honestly, everybody in the secondary except for Minka Fitzpatrick could tackle a little bit better. That's that's just the honest truth. Minka is incredible. Is For somebody who has the center field and ball hawking abilities that he has to still be as good of a tackler as Minka is, is insane. Everybody else in the secondary, we, we could use some uptick there in the back half of the season, for sure. There, that's another one of those things you don't have to sugarcoat or deny it. They're having those same conversations, you know, down down within the confines of the south side. All right, a couple more here as we close this thing out. Rod Dalla tweets and says, does James Pierre finally make his appearance in the CB rotation? Well, hmm. as long as they stay healthy, I think they're going to roll with what they have right now. Again, the tackling needs to improve. They've had some time. Puka Nakua had himself a great game. But you know what? They also did uh, to Cooper Cup what many teams haven't. Uh, I, I saw a stat. Someone tweeted it out. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. I'm always so bad at actually giving credit to the people who deserve it. Uh, but somebody tweeted out that only like four times and five times since 2009, Whenever Matthew Stafford got to L.A., there's only been like five games that Cooper Cup has been held to less than 40 receiving yards, I think was the number. And two of those four games were were, were playing the Steelers in 2019 and then yesterday. So while Nakua was able to to do some damage, you you did a good job of limiting the rest of that passing game. Um, I I don't know if we're going to see much of a shakeup there, Rod Dalla, other than, you know, again, hopefully some, some improvement in tackling along the perimeter. Jason tweets and says, after another slow start, the offense finally started to get it together. We're still having too many three and outs. And once, uh, and at least for once, the Zebras aired in our favor, uh, talking about what he thought was a wrong spot at the end uh, of the game there. Jason says, I'd still be sweating bullets, but a win is a win. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't think the Steelers, on that play, I agree with Jason. My initial reaction was I thought Kenny Pickett was a little bit short on that spot at the very end of the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, the Rams had no timeouts. It was outside of the two-minute warning, so they couldn't challenge it. There wasn't going to be a review. I, You know, that call, I, th- I thought, again, favored the Steelers, or at least certainly the fact that the Rams had used all three of their challenges at that point because they're trying to stop the clock. Uh, you can't, you know, do the the outside of the two-minute warning, right? You still still need your challenges, um, I thought he was short on pawn first reaction when I first saw the replay too, but that one went the Steelers' way. Not everything went their way. There were a couple questionable calls. Um, but that's every that's every football game, right? You guys know that's one of my core beliefs as a football fan slash football media guy is I think we all complain about the officiating a lot. I'm guilty of it as well too, but it really only has an impact on the outcome of the game a lot less than we would like to admit. Because there's always bad calls both ways. It's a 60-minute game that takes three hours to play out. You're going to have things go your way. You're going to have things that don't go your way. you got to control what you can control. But again, I, I'm i with Jason on that one. I was, all right, I'll take it when, uh, when that spot ended up going the Steelers' way. Annie tweets and says, like everyone else, I'd like to see our offense kick in faster. That being said, few things make me feel more alive than watching the end of a Steelers game. Happy Victory Monday. Victory! And that place was alive, SoFi Stadium, with Steelers fans. Another great job. Steelers haven't played a true home game yet this season, and they probably won't. I mean, the division teams, right? Steelers fans always show up in Cleveland and Cincinnati, but they don't 
take over the stadium quite often like they do in some of these destinations. Baltimore, right? I mean, those those teams have have pretty good atmospheres and pretty dedicated fan bases as much as we don't like them. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny. Vegas was 60% Steelers fans. Houston was 60% Steelers fans. Yesterday was 60% Steelers fans. Um, the Steelers account even tweeted out, in fact, road game, away game, never heard of her. I think that was the tweet because it's they haven't played one yet this season. Richard tweets um, about a rapper named Blueface, yes, who was uh, who was making some waves for for throwing money on the sidelines and talking some trash to, I can't remember if it was Jalen Warren or maybe Connor Hayward or something, but yeah, a lot of interesting stuff happens when we go to places like Vegas in L.A. Uh, it is not necessarily like a Steeler game at Akershire Stadium where everyone's just black and gold clad and waving their terrible towel. There's some people there that are more there for the uh, the entertainment and the show than they are the actual X's and O's and the result of the game. Uh, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Ice Cube did a halftime show, which was really cool, and uh, just that stadium in general is amazing. A lot of fun. Uh, out there of course though you got to get the w that's what makes these road trips complete we can have all the fun we want on saturday and all the good weather and all the steelers gatherings and all the new cool places we get to check out and you get back on that plane with a loss it doesn't feel the same it's the it's the perfect uh way to uh to cap off what was a great weekend but yes lots of interesting things out there in la as always d have the photoshop extraordinaire tweets and says can we all just take a moment to recognize the greatness that we are witnessing with trent Jordan, what? He says, I need Motsi's all-time Steelers defensive Mount Rushmore. All right, I'm going to have to bookmark that one uh, for you there, D-Hev, because uh, Motsi, you know, big-timer. Ain't here to answer that question right now. But I'll give you mine real quick. Don't hold me to this. I'm just thinking of this real quick. Uh, mean Joe, Troy Polamalu. Oh, jeez. Now it – oh, jeez. Okay, I'm going to have to think about that one. I'm bookmarking it. We'll come back to that at some point this week. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Wait, I think that's it. Is that it? One last refresh. I think that might be it. Okay. I got about 60 seconds here to think about this. Mean Joe and and Troy are on there for me without a doubt. Uh, Mean Joe is the most iconic player in franchise history. Troy is, I think, the most iconic franchise player in the 21st century. And he's my favorite Steeler of all time. So, you know what? It's my list. Then, I mean, there's a ton, a ton of names that you have to consider. Uh, Lambert and Ham, uh, Shell and Blunt. In fact, I think Mel Blunt has to be one of the four. So, I would probably take him out of this conversation. Um, You know, guys like Debo, guys like TJ. There's a million people that go into that debate then instantly. I've got three for sure. Mean Joe, Troy... And and Mel Blunt. I mean, you could argue Rod Woodson. You could argue Kevin Green, even though he was only here for a couple couple years. Oh my goodness! I think I would have to go with a you know we got we got two defensive backs and a defensive lineman, so I would have to go with a linebacker. So it's got to be Lambert probably because he's the most iconic face in franchise history. But Jack Ham deserves a shout. T.J. Watt deserves a shout. A lot of guys do. All right, that's it. That's my four. Don't hold me to it. I'm going to get in the car here in five minutes, and I'm going to be like, ah, oh, crap, I should have said. But with my all-time Steelers defense of Mount Rushmore, I'm going Mean Joe, I'm going Mel Blunt, I'm going Lambert, and I'm going Troy Polamalu. They've all got the iconic thing, too, like Mean Joe just being mean in the Coke commercial. Troy's got the hair. Mel Blunt's got the Mel Blunt rule, and he's always rocking the cowboy hat. And Lambert is one of the most recognizable faces in the history of the game. Yeah, that's my four. Again, I'll probably be rethinking this in the car in five minutes. 
but that's my four. Last one, word of the day. Cuban Dan says, I don't know about y'all, but I'm starting to get comfortable with this close game method. KP8 has the clutch gene. Let's go Steelers versus the world. I'm not comfortable with it, Cuban. I'd like it if they'd win by three touchdowns, but just win, baby. Thanks to everybody who joined us today. CC, Chris Carter, the pastor of the Church of Kenny, has always forgiven us his time, and even though he's not here because he's big time the uh, best co-host in the business, Mr. Arthur Nathan Motes III. And, of course, to you guys for tweeting and being involved with the pro- involved with the program, as always. You know we appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks. Addy Yens, that'll do it for today's show. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. It's been the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.